Support for this podcast is provided by That Cast Creative. Brand your business and connect with your audience by creating a custom podcast. Learn more at thatcast.com. Welcome to Behind the Clubhouse Door. This podcast presented by High Caliber Millwrights. Right now we are, we're kind of calling it, we're in the belly of the beast right now. Uh, We've been doing a lot of heavy lifting for the last year, building legitimacy, building ballpark designs, building relationships with, uh, with the city and the state, uh, staying connected to MLB. But truth be told, you can't put a ballpark uh, and, you know, until you have land. So we are very focused on getting to the finalization of our land acquisition and where we're going to put that ballpark. Then we're working very hard on finalizing ballpark designs. That's Craig Cheek, former Nike executive and founder of the Portland Diamond Project. And now, Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project. Welcome, Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project with host Billy Gates, a production of ThatCast Network. And welcome in to our second episode of Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and we have a very special guest today, the founder of the Portland Diamond Project, Craig Cheek. Craig, thanks for coming on to the show. Really appreciate your time. Ah, Billy, thanks for having me. Always a pleasure. So before we actually get going, let's tell the folks uh, kind of your background here. Uh, former executive at Nike. Uh, for 26 years, is that right? Yep, that's right. 26 years. Uh, VP for their uh, China and North American operations, and then moving on to baseball and football and training? Yep, that's correct. Yeah. All right. So, I mean, just kind of um, where I like to start is uh, just kind of tell, tell the folks here you know, your baseball story, uh, just kind of how you got into baseball, you know, when you were a kid growing up or things like that. I mean, obviously, in the professional area, you have the the connection with Nike, but let's start before that. I mean, what, what kind of story do you have with baseball in general? Yeah, well, love baseball. Grew up in the Northwest. I'm a Northwest kid. I grew up across the bridge in Vancouver, Washington. My little league, my backyard was Alcoa Little League. I need to get over there and kind of see how those fields are holding up and how the uh, community is rallying around baseball over there. But uh, yeah, baseball is a big part of my life. Started off um, as a lot of kids do. Um, you know, entering the fray and m- moving your way up through, you know, the, the little leagues and the majors and the Babe Ruths and high school ball and, and uh, just absolutely loved the sport. Uh, battled the rain a lot in the Northwest as we do. And so my aspirations after uh, having a little bit of success in high school was to try to get out of the state of Washington uh, and play in some sun. And so uh, I actually had a recruiting trip to Arizona State back in the day. And if you go back into those late 70s, early 80s, Arizona State and Arizona were a powerhouse in, uh, in college baseball. And uh, I desperately wanted to play in the sun. But I got injured on that recruiting trip and uh, blew my knee out, uh, tore my ACL. And uh, it was kind of a very disappointing and uh, gut-wrenching thing for a, for a high school kid to have to go through that kind of injury. So I wound up over at Washington State. I uh, had a great college experience over there. I love those college towns like a, like a, a Pullman, Washington or a Corvallis and Eugene type college towns. So I had a great experience. 
Um, my baseball career didn't uh, really take off. I was having more fun enjoying uh, fraternity life and other things that college is, uh, you, you get to enjoy. Um, but, I, but I never lost my love for the game and for the sports industry. And so as fate would have it, I, I wound up having a, a great career at Nike, 26 years with the uh, swoosh and took me kind of all over the world. But I still go back to um, my baseball roots I think uh, there's something about the game and something about sports that just builds a lot of leadership and character. And they say it's a game of failure. So you learn a lot about grit and resiliency. And I can look back and um, be able to really identify a lot of coaches that, uh, that uh, spoke into my life and gave me the confidence to just keep kind of dreaming big. So love my Vancouver roots. Gosh, yeah, that is quite a quite a baseball life. More than more than a lot of people can say. That's for that's for sure. So um, obviously, being a being a local guy in Vancouver, uh, what would it mean to you to to get Major League Baseball here personally? Like like how how awesome would that be for for you personally to have a team here? You know, it it really would. I try not to focus on the 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 personal things because you know so much about sports is team and it's the team around you but you know i'd be lying if i didn't say it would be an incredibly proud moment um it's a legacy moment uh we believe portland and oregon and southwest washington are ready for a major league baseball team to to ground itself here in our backyard um and we know that these are defining moments in a in a city um for decades to come and so it would be incredibly uh, I would be incredibly proud, and and it would be a gratifying moment to actually see all this vision kind of come to roost. And so, um, yeah, it's not lost on me. Um, humble beginnings, um, Northwest kid. My dad was in real estate growing up, so I do have this kind of this real estate itch to scratch a little bit too. And anymore, these ballparks have become big catalysts for developments. And so I'm, uh, I'm, I'm as excited about a world-class game-changing stadium, uh, but equally I'm as, I'm as excited about what a development would do economically for, for the city. And so I'm having fun exploring all these areas. Mm-hmm. And before we really get going with some questions, just got to have a little fun question for a little bit. I mean, four teams left in the postseason. uh, you know, Brewers, Dodgers, uh, Astros, Red Sox. Do you have a favorite out of those four? I don't. I don't have a dog in this hunt. I, uh, I root for great players. I root for great cities. I root for great teams, kind of cresting. Um, always when you get into that East Coast, West Coast, something pretty powerful can happen when you get a, a Boston, New York going against, a, you know, an L.A. type situation. I, I think the last few World Series have been nothing short of incredible, right? The story of the Cubs finally breaking the curse. Uh, Houston last year with everything they went through. So it'll be interesting. Um, Red Sox look tough. Uh, they, just, uh, they just won a very, very tough series. Um, but I tell you what, Milwaukee could be the surprise team uh, that's left in the four, the way the way they're planned. So four great teams. It's going to be a great um, conference and divisional kind of wrap up. And then let's get to the World Series and lace them up, see what happens. Yeah, absolutely. The World Series is basically, I mean, it's it's my favorite sporting event of them all. So I, grew, I grew up a baseball guy too. So um, we did this with uh, Mike Barrett about a month ago or so. Uh, and we kind of let off the interview with um, – you know, acquiring land rights to put a, 
a potential ballpark in. Um, he said that you guys were almost there um, in, in the negotiation part. Is there any update you can give us about acquiring land rights to potentially put a ballpark up? Yeah, you know, Billy, I knew you'd ask this question. <laughs> and uh, Mike and I and the rest of the team at Portland Diamond Project are learning a little bit of patience. As they say, it's a virtue given to all but used by few. We're not a very patient group. So we tend to push, get out on the edges, and try to create a sense of urgency. Um, we believe we're getting very, very close. And uh, I know we talked about, you know, man, are we that 45-day window away? We, we think we're getting really, really close. Um, the patience part of it is this is a very big decision for our project, for the city, um, for the communities. Um, and so we're, we're being very measured and very intentional in our approach to make sure that we're checking off with as many uh, folks that we need to, that we truly get broad-based support for um, the real estate that we're going to acquire and, and we're going to build this incredible ballpark and master plan around. So yeah, it's taken us a little bit longer, but if people can be a little bit more patient, um, news is coming and, uh, and I think people are going to be tremendously excited about where we're landing. And I mean, is there any consideration about maybe holding off on making big news until this postseason of Major League Baseball is over with just to kind of let let the World Series have it shine in the media? And then maybe, you know, when when the meetings are happening with with folks, I mean, is that kind of the window you're looking at maybe releasing some more news on the project? Yeah, yeah, you're exactly right. I mean, we're encouraging all baseball fans enjoy the postseason. Uh, Major League Baseball really does like to just celebrate the purity of, uh, of the World Series and postseason and not try to have a lot of extraneous storylines kind of going on right now. We want to respect that. Um, we just keep telling people, hey, tune in, watch some great athletes and great teams kind of go at it. And then, um, yeah, we'll probably poke our head up right after World Series and um, see if we're ready to, to make some, uh, you know, s some new news and some grand announcements. And that's kind of what we're gearing towards. But in the meantime, play ball. Right on. So um, I know it wasn't exactly your guys' event to, to put on, but the uh, uh, creative designers that went over to Jolby and Friends and kind of you know, threw their hat in the ring as to what could potentially be a name for a team, what could potentially be a uniform, a hat design, that sort of thing. And then along with the uh, corn maze that's out on Savi Island, I mean, it, it, was there any thought in your mind like how the community would kind of take your guys' idea and then run with it like this? Because a corn maze is pretty amazing. <laughs> I'm telling you, the, the groundswell of support coming from all different pockets and areas, it's, it's so uh, exciting. It's so fun to be a part of watching this almost movement and momentum continue to, uh, to gain uh, just tremendous, um, uh, I don't know, solidification with the fan base. Our social and digital platforms are increasing. We're hearing every day from people. Businesses are asking how they can help and support. And so, yeah, the uh, Jolby and Friends event, I was not at it. I know Mike and, and team were there. I mean, but just what a great deal to have the design energy and talent in Portland begin to say, hey, let's have some fun with this. Let's start to dream big and put some ideas out there. And I know it was a fantastic event. And then for the Bella Organic Farms to go, let's turn our entire corn maze this year to MLB to PDX. It was so fun. We were just there uh, last week. And um, it's exciting to see the fans kick into high gear and truly support us and and uh 
we're we're now wanting to actually do this with the fans and not for the fans. I think when we got into this, we initially said, hey, we're going to put this project on our back and we're going to do this for Portland. And more and more you realize you need to do it with Portland. And there's tremendous energy when the fans kick in and start sharing their ideas. And so we feel very blessed and fortunate to be building a, a lot of support. Oh, yeah, absolutely. I know I'm excited and I know there's a lot of a lot of folks like me out there, too. So we will be back with more from Craig Cheek here on Behind the Clubhouse Door, a part of the ThatCast network, after this message. This podcast is presented by High Caliber Millwrights. When you want a job done right, turn to High Caliber. Expertise, versatility, and collaboration. Use High Caliber today for all of your machinery jobs done right. Visit HighCaliberNW.com. Want to advertise on this podcast or one like it and reach a targeted and engaged audience? Go to thatcast.com to start reaching our audience. And welcome back to Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project, part of the ThatCast Network. I'm your host, Billy Gates, and we're still here with Craig Cheek, uh, founder of the Portland Diamond Project. And, you know, for, for a state that hasn't had, you know, pro ball you know, at the big league level, uh, there's a lot of baseball happening in Oregon. I mean, you, you look at what Oregon State has done, uh, and you look at uh, baseballism coming into town, doing doing well. I mean, as far as you know, the things surrounding uh, Portland here, as as uh, kind of from a baseball perspective, I mean, it just kind of just kind of screams there needs to be big league baseball here, right? I couldn't agree with you more. There is so much great energy and momentum that's being um, driven by different organizations, different teams, et cetera, that we get a chance to just kind of flow into that into that, you know, tailwind right now. I mean, what Pat Casey has done at Oregon State is just remarkable. To win another College World, World Series championship is nothing short of incredible when you think about our state and uh, the weather here and the facilities. You would assume that, you know, SCC and some of these other conferences are just going to dominate um, and certainly they have some great teams, but man, to see the, the success that, uh, that, uh, that Pat has had and continues to build that, uh, that legacy is remarkable. And then, you know, you got four, I call them kids, four young entrepreneurs out of, out of, uh, University of Oregon, start a brand in baseballism. They're opening up stores in every major league city. They've got a great online presence and they're literally in our backyard. We've been able to hold some events here. Um, it's been fantastic partnership with them, Portland gear, uh, where we're uh, recording right now, another great partner and, you know, and friends of baseball, a nonprofit that we're getting to know. And we really want to partner up with them to go get baseball back into some of these underserved areas, back into schools as a full-fledged baseball and softball program across the state. Uh, there's a lot of momentum and a lot of excitement that we're seeing. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, yeah, I mean, just as, as far as all the baseball success that this area's had and not, not seen a major league club, I mean, that's, that's, uh, that's pretty, pretty crazy to think about. Now, um, when, you, when you talk about you know, potentially building a stadium, bringing a team here, has there been conversations with uh, uh, Rob Manfred and the commissioner's office about you know the idea of of bringing a, maybe an expansion club here to Portland or potentially moving a club up here? I mean, have, have you had those conversations with his office? Yeah, no, we have. Um, it was one of the first fundamental things that I wanted to cross 
that road before we put a lot of uh, relational capital and financial capital into this project was, Commissioner Manfred, what, what do you think? Where is Portland on your radar? Um, what are the possibilities of relocating current teams versus expansion teams? And that's why we believe this window has never been greater for Portland. Portland is a city emerging as a top 20 city in the country. Um, the vibe here is fantastic. It's a great sport um, and outdoor town. Um, a lot of people know this, but folks outside the area are amazed when they come in and see that there are 800 companies that attach to the athletic and outdoor industry. Obviously, everybody knows Nike and Adidas and Columbia, but the incredible sub-economy that's been built around uh, those brands here in Portland is powerful. And that's not lost on the commissioner. He could get on an airplane and fly here and meet with the executives from all three major athletic brands that, that you know, do uniforms and equipment for him. So uh, we've had great connectivity, and we believe that um, we're going to be what Portland was mentioned a year and a half, two years ago as one of the cities. Now in any articles you read, we're positioned as like Portland is the next great ready city to have major league baseball. So it's a lot of credit to the team and the work that we've done, but we really believe the opportunity, this perfect storm is opening up where there may be four or five different opportunities, current or expansion, the city's ready, our group's ready, the fan base is certainly weighing in. So we believe there's a very compelling story that why Portland, why now? The time is now. And you mentioned the financial aspect. Obviously, whenever uh, you know, I, I make a mention of LB to PDX or anything, or when we posted our first podcast with Mike Barrett, people would always ask me, well, I'm not going to believe anything until everybody who's invested in this project shows themselves. Like, we need to know where the money's at. I mean, as from my perspective, you guys wouldn't have come this far if you weren't positive on your financial backing. I mean, as, as far as that goes, I mean, you feel, feel like you have the money to get this moving in the right direction, to get a ballpark up, that sort of deal. Yeah, we do. We, we, uh, we have a very um, confident um, a platform that, that we believe once we're able to communicate in depth, uh, really where the major investors are coming from and how we're piecing this whole thing together. I think it'll make sense for everybody. But there's some sensitivity and some confidentiality right now um, that we want to protect. Um, we want to make sure that we're doing everything right. Uh, you know, we poked our head up uh, here and there and talked about uh, Russell Wilson and Sierra kind of coming in to be two of our charter investors. But it's going to take a, a lot of capital. You know, this is a $2.5 billion project. Um, probably a billion dollars for the ballpark, a billion dollars for um, a stadium, world-class stadium. And then there's a lot of ancillary development and master planning we want to do. So the money is not for the faint of heart. But, uh, but I will tell you, it's such a compelling story that our investors are so excited about getting behind this. And uh, we believe we're going to be in a great position to be able to pull all this off. And you mentioned Russell Wilson in Sierra. Obviously, uh, the the name recognition, boom, right there, Russell being a quarterback for uh, the Seahawks and Sierra being the multi-platinum recording artist she is. Uh, I, I can't help but, but wonder, I mean, did you have a previous relationship with Russell while you were at Nike? And is that how you got in touch with him? 
Yeah, that's exactly right. You know, my, uh, you mentioned a couple of jobs I had at Nike. So I, I kind of grew up in the sales organization and, and ran a number of uh, roles in sales. And then I moved into general management. So I got to be the general manager of uh, U.S. footwear. And then I ran North America. And then I ran Greater China. Then I came back. And one of the things I had not done at Nike was actually run global category. So I was able to step into our young athletes, our kids business. I ran that. Then I ran training. Uh, then I really ran the portfolio of cleated categories. So football, baseball, lacrosse, all the team and license businesses. I was able to rub shoulders and be part of uh, the team that brought the NFL deal, the MLB deal, a lot of the big colleges into Nike's kind of family. And one of the last athletes that I was involved with was Russell before I retired. And so Russell and I just hit it off. I, I knew he would be a great brand ambassador for the for the swoosh and he has been um and so and he was in our you know kind of in our northwest backyard so it, it made a lot of sense so he and i kind of stayed into contact i knew he was a big baseball guy we talked a lot about this so it was a natural fit for russell what we didn't expect was how excited sierra was going to be and she said oh no i'm not coming in on russell's coattails i want i want a piece of this thing on my own and she's begun to research um, women and African-American women in baseball and in ownership and in executive circles. And she really wants to be um, an ambassador and a role model for uh, women stepping into the baseball executive circles. And so we're excited about what she can bring to the table. Yeah, that's an interesting wrinkle into that. Um, I mean, with, with Sierra on, I mean, that just kind of opens up your guys' doors to so many more opportunities. I mean, don't, how, how do you kind of generally feel, think like you're going to maybe capitalize on that, do you think? Well, I think it'll be, it'll be fun to just go through the journey with, with them and see what, what gets them excited. I know Russell's talked a lot about um, inspiring youth and um, especially in inner cities and, and getting a lot of kids to fall in love back in baseball. But Sierra elbowed me at the event that we had, and she said, once you get the team here and you get a ballpark here, believe me, I will tap Los Angeles and all of my artist friends, and we're gonna have a party in your ballpark on a lot of nights. So think about the power of Sierra and her musician friends and all of that. And I think we can program a concert a night uh, in the ballpark as, as one of the experiences of going to uh, Portlanders love experiences. And so not only should you get great baseball, but you should have a great fan experience. And Sierra wants to help with that, which I think will be great. Yeah, and I mean, everybody loves a party, right? <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> All right, well, we will be back uh, with more from Craig Cheek here on Behind the Clubhouse Door, part of the VatCast Network after this. So come on back. This podcast is presented by High Caliber Millwrights. For all of your machinery jobs done right, visit HighCaliberNW.com. There's no crying in baseball. Promise, we'll be right back. In the meantime, go to ThatCast.com to see our growing lineup of shows. Now, back to the program. And welcome back to Behind the Clubhouse Door, a podcast on the Portland Diamond Project, part of the ThatCast Network. I'm your host, Billy Gates, still here with Craig Cheek, founder of the Portland Diamond Project, and we're going to wrap it up here for our last segment. Uh, right now, Craig, I mean, what is what is your team's focus on? Right now, we are we're, we're kind of calling it we're in the belly of the beast right now. Uh, we've been doing a lot of heavy lifting for the last year, building legitimacy, building 
ballpark designs, building relationships with, uh, with the city and the state, uh, staying connected to MLB. But truth be told, you can't put a ballpark uh, and, you know, until you have land. So we are very focused on getting to the finalization of our land acquisition and where we're going to put that ballpark. Then we're working very hard on finalizing ballpark designs. We're looking at a number of iterations of roof solutions and master planning and how many housing units and mixed use entertainment types of things can go on to our real estate plan. And so that, that will be the big focus. And then I have to say the other big focus is really from the brand side, just building awareness, continuing to build awareness and support across all of Portland metropolitan area and the state of Oregon that, hey, we wanna build a momentum um, we want to build, um, or I should say a movement, uh, and a fan base because that will speak volumes to the commissioner in New York city that, Hey, these Portland fans are ready, uh, and, and wanting to, to support a major league franchise. And so, um, we're spending a lot of time in our, in our, um, brand efforts, listening and reaching out to fans. And so, you know, if you're out there, come on, come on, join the, join the movement, join the army. We're at uh, www.portlanddiamondproject.com. It's pretty cool to see t-shirts and hats being worn and you run into people at the airports and they're showing up at ballparks around the country. It, it's been an awful lot of fun, but that's where we're focused. Acquire land, finalize designs, build the fan base, and then be ready to strike if a current or an expansion team is, uh, is open. And when you're out um, kind of stumping in the public, I mean, what, what, what feedback are you hearing from, from the folks that are you kind of you know, champing at the bit to you know, maybe see something? What are you hearing from them? Yeah, it's, uh, it's been incredible, incredibly positive. Um, we want it to happen. Well, we miss baseball. We support baseball. Uh, whether you're, like I said, a hardcore fan, keeping stats, you know, behind the home plate or whether you just want a great experience, especially uh, Portland during baseball. It's a perfect marriage because the season's April through October and a big chunk of those games are between Memorial Day and Labor Day. The weather's incredible. Long summer nights, 705 uh, opening pitch. Uh, people can see it, feel it, smell it, taste it. They want this thing to happen. Um, we're getting uh, all ideas on where to put the ballpark. We hear a lot of that. What to name the team? Is it going to be an American League, National League? Are we going to have a designated hitter or not? Uh, we get all kinds of tremendous feedback. Um, they are curious about the investors. They are curious about the private versus public uh, support and the financial piece. Uh, there's, there's just enough skepticism out there that you would expect because it's a big idea and um, there's only 30 of these around the country. And so they're, they're not easy to get, but I think more often than not, we're hearing incredible amount of support and what can I do to help, which is great. Right. And given the history of baseball here in Portland, I mean, obviously the Beavers, uh, they're AAA, they're single A, they're kind of bounced around their minor league system for, for a while. And then if, you know, for baseball historians here, there are the Portland Mavericks, which the Hillsborough Hops minor league team is kind of a kind of uh, resuscitated in their Maverick Monday um, promotions out there. Uh, I know you have an interesting story about, about the Mavericks. I mean, can you, can you share that with me? Yeah, sure. I, I talked about I was a Vancouver kid playing baseball, and everybody has one of those stories, I hope. Or if not, we hope to create those memories. But my dad took me to my first game, Portland Maverick game. 
I was incredibly excited. Uh, I think I was 11 years old. Um, yeah, born in 62, maybe it was 73. Anyway, I catch a foul ball from Kurt Daniels. And as the story goes, Kurt was a third baseman for the, for the Mavericks. He got stuck behind, I think he told me, Enos Cabell and could never make it to the majors. When you're in the minors, you got to look at the upline to see if you have any shot in your position mm-hmm. to get to the majors. And Kurt, Kurt didn't. He was, he was kind of stuck. Turns out, three years later, he retires from baseball. He is my PE teacher over at Lewis Junior High. And I'm like, I show up, here's Kurt Daniels. Well, if you go look at the history books, Kurt is the most decorated and successful baseball coach. He put Vancouver baseball on the map. He took the Vancouver Cardinals to many state championships. He took Hudson's Bay into a state championship. And I remember Vancouver always feeling like there's no way we can beat those Seattle and Spokane teams. And Kurt Daniels is legendary over there. He passed a a few years ago. There was a celebration of life that was enormous in the circles over in Clark County. And I just remember going, I caught his foul ball. He's my PE teacher, and he became a mentor and coach. And one of the reasons why I love baseball today. So that's my Portland Mavericks story. That, that is wild. <laughs> that is meant crazy, to be. right? Yeah. yeah. I mean, and obviously those are, those are the types of memories that, that your team wants to, wants to help create. Exactly, exactly. Get into that ballpark. Have a moment with your mom, your dad, your siblings, your grandparents. That's the beauty about baseball. It's such an accessible sport. Um, you can get to the ballpark on a $10 ticket. We're hoping to be a franchise that's going to have those seats uh, available in the ballpark. Um, and you just want to have a great experience. Nothing better than a, than a dog and a, and a beverage and an atmosphere that is just, uh, just incredible. And so we think the backdrop for Portland is going to be amazing. Mm-hmm. And your social media campaigns are humming right along. Uh, MLB to PDX, no rest till opening day. Those hashtags uh, creating quite a buzz on social media. I mean, how... How crucial is social media now to getting that message out to as many people as you can? Yeah, it's everything. I mean, it's, it's the, you know, it, technology is kind of the air we breathe, right? Uh, whether you're in the millennials and the young kids up to everybody connects through Facebook, et cetera. So we are alive and well. We've got an incredible team building um, content, building excitement, building storylines. And we're actually just beginning. We're just scratching the surface of some of the stories we want to tell. You're going to hear some announcements and some new faces to the project uh, coming up real shortly. And I think you'll be excited to see um, some of that content that we're going to bring on Twitter, on Facebook, on Instagram. So follow us. It helps. Like I said, it sends a message to the city and the commissioner that, that, uh, that a movement is happening there in Portland for baseball. So the website is portlanddiamondproject.com. You follow on Twitter at PDX. Diamond Proj, Diamond Project. Is that right? I think that's right. I'm, I'm getting, getting a head nods. nod from Jen. Yeah, yeah. thanks, Jen. <laughs> uh, I used to work with Jen at the Oregonian. Great, great, great person. Runs their social media forum. Um, and yeah, if you want to help out, head over there. Uh, maybe buy a shirt or hat. Contribute any way you can. And yeah, if you want to see pro ball here in Portland, then you better get on board because this is. This is going to happen, right, Craig? This is going to happen. going to happen. Yep. And you can pick up some great merch at uh, Portland Gear. Um, their stores at Baseballism's carrying our stuff, our website, obviously. And uh, we got some cool new stuff starting to hit over the next couple of weeks. You're going to see a holiday pack. Uh, we'll, we'll turn to the colder weather here. So, hey, pick up something from Portland Diamond Project and MLB to PDX. That'll help the cause, too. Thanks a lot. 
Awesome. Well, that was Craig Cheek with the Portland Diamond Project, the founder of the Portland Diamond Project. Craig, thank you so much for for, uh, carving out some time in your day for us. Really appreciate it. Now, my pleasure. Thanks for having me, Billy. Discover the growing lineup of ThatCast Network podcasts and videocasts at thatcast.com.